0: Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with
2: these goats. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's post-game podcast.
0: Welcome to the podcast. Jerry is out sick. Eddie Scazzeri joins me. Hello there, Eddie. Hello, podcast people. Hello, podcast people. There was a thing I wrote down yesterday when I was, um, I think I was driving home and I thought of this, or maybe it was even before I left yesterday, I was like, well, I want to talk to Eddie about this. Alrighty, And that is the uh, the concept of the butterfly effect, Mm -hmm. which is the theory of, how do you know that? Like, if I go, what is the butterfly effect? How would you describe that?
1: How it's usually described is that if a butterfly flaps its wings in South America, it could ultimately cause a typhoon in wherever, the Philippines. Okay.
0: Uh, but in like modern day thinking, or not modern day thinking, but like everyday thinking, this idea of like, I, I brought this up to Jerry when I had the guy drop kick my car the other mm-hmm. week, like two weeks ago. That was really an issue of timing, yes. Right right? Like I at somewhere must have cut him off. He saw me, thought I cut him off. Beat up my car. Mm -hmm. Had I got out of the house a minute earlier or a minute later, Mm -hmm. um, that may not have happened. It
1: would not have. It
0: would not have happened, right. And do you ever think about those things in your life? Like, hmm, had I left? Like, if you just see an accident, someone just in front of you Mm -hmm. gets into an accident. Right. That could have been me. Yes.
1: And that's seconds.
0: Seconds, yeah. Do you think about that ever?
1: Uh, yeah, it crosses your mind, but I try not to dwell on it because it can drive you insane yeah. or paralyze you with fear. So it's best not to think about it, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, the, the, the theory is that everything everywhere affects everything everywhere, even if in a vanishingly small, infinitesimal amount, it's somehow has an effect and theoretically it would extend to the entire universe where yeah. things happening in other galaxies somehow have some small effect or will start a ripple effect that will ultimately reach and impact us which is crazy but it's also true and that kind of ties into the whole theory of super determinism which is that everything is set up at the moment of the Big bang and every interaction down to the subatomic level sort of determines what must happen.
0: So is this part of your thought process when you say things are, mm-hmm. are going to happen as they're meant to happen yes. or as they were set to happen?
1: Yeah, it's part of it. It's sort of a, an illustration of it, but the underlying theory would be the super determinism. But the butterfly effect is sort of a, um, an application of that.
0: Yeah, I think of it sometimes just not even uh, only when something happens where I go, wow, I, if I would have gotten here a minute earlier or a minute later, that bad thing wouldn't have happened. But I think about it as my day is just changing, like as I'm as, um, going to feed the dog and she's being a pain in the ass and not eating and mm-hmm. I'm waiting for her to eat and she does eat and if i normally leave the house at straight up 3 a.m. and now i'm leaving at 3:03, 3:05 i do think sometimes like hmm how is this going to affect my day now yes but i don't know like should i be thinking that way or is no, that this is impossible it, to... it's
1: okay to as sort of a you know philosophy uh experiment or a construct it to, to acknowledge it but to actually dwell on it I think you just drive yourself insane.
0: Like if I was like, oh, my God, now I'm three minutes behind right. where I'm supposed to no be. No one's going to happen. But then we'll also hear those things about, like, uh, in particular things like 9-11, where mm-hmm. somebody who worked in the towers was running late that morning. And because they were running late, they weren't in the towers.
1: Right. Or if, you know, you're at, uh, not that you do this because you use Jack Pocket, Jack um, Pocket. But if you don't, like I don't. If you go to your uh, bodega to buy a lottery ticket and there's someone else, oh, no, you go ahead. And they get a quick pick, and they don't win the lottery, but you get a quick pick, and you do win the lottery. That could have been them. Yeah, it could have been there too. T- right. Or vice
0: versa. And that happens when people gift things like lottery tickets, mm-hmm. whether they're scratch-offs or mm-hmm. an actual pick six or something or Powerball, and then they win. And they think, no, well, well, I purchased that ticket. I have the right to that ticket, mm-hmm. even though it was gifted.
1: Yeah, which is not true. Not true. But yeah, and it's but it, it, it's sort of it's interesting to think about it, but it's I think dangerous to dwell upon. Yeah, and just kind of accept the universe as it unfolds and. It is what it is. Yeah. Anything like you
0: drop your keys on your way out the door, mm-hmm. the, those seconds. Right.
1: Or we got that uh, live copy for Boomer and Geo to do mm-hmm. after the show, so that delayed us by X minutes. And so what is that impact?
0: Right. And it delayed Boomer and Geo from leaving the studio mm-hmm. a little bit later than they normally right. would because after the show, instead of walking right out, they recorded some commercials. And,
1: and that email got to us at what about like nine fifty something? Yeah. Or maybe a little earlier, but if that was an hour later, then that wouldn't have happened. And what were all the factors that went into having that email arrive at that certain time with sales and our traffic department and everything else? Everything's connected.
0: Yeah, I could see dwelling on it like if, if um something happened to end somebody's life.
1: Sure, like nine eleven. Yeah. Like or that would... getting on a plane that you were late because whatever reason you were traffic or some you know, so something happened where you broke your leg and you missed your flight, and then that plane went down. Yeah. That, that you know, that is going to really bring it to the fore, but, you know, it happens all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, and I do think about it when I see car accidents. I don't know why I think car accidents more so than anything mm-hmm. else, only because that's really in, that happens in a second, right? Or two seconds, you know, and where along your day that could have changed.
1: Sure. And every day there are, fatal car accident. Yeah. Sadly, but that's just statistics and every one of those has a thing in it where if I was a little late or a little early, that would not have happened.
0: You know, when I think about it too is whilst it's playing out and uh, maybe you do this too, maybe not depending on your philosophy. Now when we come into work, we we are on the parkway or route do you go parkway to a yes. point? Okay. And then we make a decision of where I'm going to take the turnpike today or I'm going to go up the parkway and take Route 22 right. into the Skyway Bridge. And if you change it up some days just to change it up, or you go, oh, it's raining today, this is a safer road, when you make that decision, when you're like, mm, which road do I take, do you think about it then like, man, if I get into a car accident now, I'm going to regret that I chose this way. To go to work as opposed to the other way
1: no i don't because i know just from my own experience that on bad weather days the turnpike is better it's a straight shot it's not that the parkway is untouched or unplanned they, they take care of it just as probably as well as the turnpike maybe not quite as well but uh, or as quickly but the parkway has more bends in it more yeah. curves more opportunity for black ice or whatever. Even though the traffic's light on both places at the time we come in, I just know that the turnpike, it is a sh- straight as an arrow from when I get on until I get off of the Holland Tunnel. And I just know it's safer in in general, in my opinion. Yeah, if it my, does
0: feel safer. It does. It feels like on the turnpike, you're not going to get deer darting out. Correct where on the parkway you
1: will southern turnpike you get more deer like down by the Delaware uh bridge and all that because I've I've seen that and I was in a situation where I was probably a a few minutes away but I you know all of a sudden we come over the bridge going home and it's night and it's in the probably around Thanksgiving time and that's a very active deer running across the road time and it happened but and we were backed up but few minutes that i would have been right in it
0: you ever just miss a deer
1: uh yes yeah yeah uh yeah i have was on our way to a wedding in new hope pa lamberville new hope area and driving through some of those back back roads in new jersey on your way over there because there's no interstate there And it was night, and I was in my Toyota Corolla with another person. Uh, My wife was in the wedding party, so, like, she went earlier. I was coming later because of work, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, boom. And I just had, at that time, very good reflexes and avoided it.
0: Right. Butterfly effect situation, though, right? Sure. What if you were a little earlier?
1: Right. And I could not have avoided it. And that would have been probably, like a second or a second and a half difference yeah, between a disaster and me sitting here talking about it.
0: I think different, you know, on different days when I'm driving home on the parkway where the parkway splits and it's, um, local or express, mm-hmm. I, I change that up sometimes. I'm like, eh, I kind of remember in the express yesterday, there was that one construction area. I'll go local. But the second I do it, I think about it. Mm. But, When nothing happens, I don't don't think about the rest of the day like, oh, I made that choice. But for that very brief second, I do think, did I make the right choice? And not for, did I make the right choice? Am I going to hit traffic on this side? But did I make the right choice? Because if I get into a car accident, I'm going to feel like, what made me? Why did I switch it up?
1: Right. And uh, then you just come back to it's all predetermined and you really didn't have a choice. And right. Free will is an illusion. You don't really have it, but don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about not having free will? Right. Yeah. That's a, a, a Sabine Hassan something. Hassan why does he Belver. say, don't she, worry. She, why does a, she say a, that? She's like a Swedish physicist, you know, She, but she is a big proponent of super determinism where from the moment the universe came into creation that everything was predetermined by the laws of the universe and the interactions of particles and all that stuff so but in a practical everyday sense to you know sort of acknowledge all the time that you don't have free will is really not it drives you nuts and it's, it makes you crazy and it's not worth it just live your life and just uh pretend as if you have free will even though you don't
0: but when something bad happens then just assume that that was meant to happen
1: yes well it was that, predetermined to happen. right like everything, bad or good, everything that happens was meant to happen, and it evolves and unfolds exactly how it must. It feels That's,
0: weird when you say "meant to happen" because that makes it seem like when what you know when you hear like oh you know people always go well oh well the, the, this kid getting cancer how is that meant to happen? More like it was predetermined already. Yes, correct.
1: Not like right. It, it wasn't. There wasn't some intelligence behind it. Right. Causing. And that's, you know, that's the whole God argument. And, you know, like, oh, everything happens for a reason. People say that all the time. And that is total bullshit because, well, and I will say, you know, because their underlying message is that ultimately there has to be some good reason that God decided to have uh, this entire nation wiped out by whatever or to have this child die at, uh, you know, 18 months old from some rare cancer. You know, that how, what? Yeah. How is there any underlying good there? So everything does happen for a reason. And my reason is not because God said so, but because that's just how the universe laid things out.
0: Yeah. My my two biggest things that I can never get past with the the God thing is, like, uh, someone was killed in St. Patrick's Cathedral. Mm -hmm. Like, someone went in there and killed somebody. Mm -hmm. Like, that is God's house, right? That and then the incredibly widespread molestation stuff in the church. Mm -hmm. I just can't get past that as far as saying bad things happen. Like uh, if you believe in in a God and a good, you must believe in evil. Mm -hmm. I'm like, but those two situations in particular, yes, can't and get past. and
1: uh, like, oh, you know, free will and this, and this, you know, and if you believe that God created everything, well, God created evil then also. So what's up with that? You know? Yeah. And and people who have really um, deep faith will try to explain it away, but it always just rings hollow in my ears.
0: Yeah. I mean, I wish I could, part of me wishes I could be like that. Mm-hmm. Because it seems like a more peaceful way to live, which is just accept that this is a thing and this is evil, and evil lives, and these things happen, mm-hmm. and uh, it hasn't ruined my faith. But I can't—you you can't fake that. You or, either believe yeah, that or don't.
1: Yeah, but then you can, you know, go to more if it you want a religion or a quasi-religion. Buddhism is sort of just saying, hey, everything's just kind of happens. The, that's one of the tenets of of that faith but i don't even want to call it a strong faith i i think buddhism is more of a philosophy and that's kind of what i've adopted i'm not a buddhist i wouldn't say but the buddhist philosophy is one that i believe in
0: are you familiar at all with the philosophy of the stoics no like stoicism
1: uh i know the word yeah but i'm not exactly i haven't taken a deep Wikipedia dive into that.
0: Yeah, so I I saw this this book Gina had out. It has to be almost probably nine ten months ago. She had a, a book about the the Stoics, this philosophy, and and she's like, oh, I think you would like this. You should read this. And I picked up one of the books because it was legitimately thin. Mm-hmm. I was like, it was thin with big print. I was like, right, I'll take a look at this. And it was interesting. And then I got this book that she had also, which is like it's like one reading a day by the Stoics. it's They're dated, right? So today I'll go home and I'll read uh, January 18th. It, it doesn't have a year. Every January 18th I would end up reading this passage. Mm-hmm. And it's like a thing from the Stoics, one of the philosophers, and then the guy who wrote this book interprets what it means and how it applies to everyday
1: life. And are they a branch of Christianity? Or, I, I think or... it's
0: just philosophy. Okay. But... It's a lot of, like, what you can control, what you can't control, and how to react to those things. Mm -hmm. So, like, how do do you react to something that ultimately is not in your control? And then determining which things are in your control and act accordingly for those.
1: And these things that happen in your control, out of your control, are they large-scale things? Or... More related to the individual, um, say like if like you know, don't worry about what's going on in the Middle East right now because you can't control that. Or is it a smaller, a smaller mm-hmm.
0: even things like getting upset that it's raining today? Oh, like okay, y- you have no control over whether it's going to rain today or not. What mm-hmm. you can control is how you react to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they use this like for. And they'll go back to like the Stoics, and if a guy was thrown in jail, and is he imprisoned for life? No, because they can't imprison your brain. They can imprison your body, but how mm. you take, how you um, process you being in prison, you do have control over right. that sort of stuff. Right, unless but, your
1: mind becomes a prison.
0: Yes. So that is more. I guess that's what people get reading the Bible, maybe sometimes too. Mm-hmm. Right. The, we would, but then I guess you would do your own interpreting, and and in in this book that I'm looking at, this the this guy Ryan Holiday is interpreting what the Stoics meant
1: by this, mm-hmm. and
0: you know because it's written in that weird philosophy language. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're like, what is this guy talking about?
1: And this these things could have been written centuries ago. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I don't I don't know how long ago they were, but long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I don't know. It's I get out of it what I think some people probably get out of reading the Bible. Okay, which is and maybe what you are thinking or when you look at Hinduism, Buddhism, Buddhism, Buddhism. What is the difference between Buddhism and
1: they're they're similar? Yeah, Uh, I couldn't really tell you what the difference is. I I know Buddhism is is the Buddha and his teachings and philosophy and Hinduism there might be uh, like a pantheon of gods associated with hinduism
0: and that's a real straight up religion
1: e, more much more so than uh buddhism but it's it's like an eastern religion yeah which is not the abrahamic you know uh christianity judaism and uh islam the abrahamic uh religions because they all believe in the Old Testament and yeah. Abraham and all that stuff.
0: No, it's weird though. Like, no matter how many times, whether it's something you're following in religion or philosophy, that you read something and it makes sense, and you go, "Yes, I'm going. I am not going to get upset when it rains because I do have no control over the rain." Mm-hmm. You still get like, I of will course. still get annoyed by the rain. Yeah. Why? Yeah.
1: When do we learn? Like, well, you, you don't. It's you don't the, ever learn. It's the you know you can learn to a point. But unless you're really totally a blissful, accepting person, um, it's not, you know, you, you're you just a normal, average guy. It's going to affect you.
0: Yeah. Like, it's you been know. super cold, right? Right. We do not control that. No. We can control, when I go to walk the dog, that I'm going to wear warm gloves mm-hmm. and a hat that's going to protect me. and all. I can take those measures. Right, and you
1: crank the heat up in the car. Yeah. But Try I, to park as close as you can.
0: Yeah, but I don't ultimately control living here,
1: mm-hmm. how cold it gets. Right. So the way to control that would be to move to a warmer climate. <laughs> Correct. If you wanted to do that. Right. That I'd be able to control. But we haven't had a multiple day deep freeze like this for a couple of years. Really? Uh, and it's been like where it's been like a week of... You know, between teens and the and freezing, it's been quite a while. Just probably as long, almost as long as since we've had snow, and now we're. And you know, it's been almost two years since we yeah. had a measurable snowfall, and now we're going to get two in. You know, whatever five days. Yeah, because it's going to snow tonight. Is that right? Tonight? Well, I mean, it's going to start at 4 a.m. Friday morning. Oh, so okay. We'll so here. we'll be here.
0: Do you ever get, because uh, this happens to me almost every day, when I come out and it's as cold as it is. Mm-hmm. When I turn my car on and it cranks on, I'm like, huh,
1: all right. Yeah. Because it's so cold, I could imagine. Right. I, But it's not that cold. It's not like, you know, engine block warmer cold. Right. Like it is in Minnesota or yeah. Dakota or whatever. But if, I, if it gets to like five degrees, your car will be like, hey, you know. There'll be a little delay. I think twenty, you're okay still. Yeah. You get below that, and especially if it's been for a day, and then you try to, or if it's been like that over the weekend, you haven't driven, then you try to, your car will be sluggish.
0: Yeah, it's even like it's not sluggish, but it's it's a it's not it's not right. It's
1: not like July. <laughs> it's not like July,
0: and I'm like hmm, okay, right? All right, we're fired up and ready to go. Right. And I can definitely tell a difference. Maybe it's just in my head, like going out and out of my car versus once I get home. And if I don't touch my car till the next mm-hmm. morning, it's a little
1: longer to, yeah. And and on those, if it's like below 15 degrees, yeah. I, uh, despite what Jerry says, and he may be right, I don't know, I will give it at least a minute.
0: Oh, yeah, before you put it right in gear. Uh huh. Yeah. Jerry loves to like start yeah. the car and, it goes,
1: boom, Riding gear, gone. Yeah. Now I'm worried about oil and yeah. just let it get a minute. Because it doesn't take that long to get it up to whatever viscosity it needs to be. At yeah. To protect your moving parts. But. Viscosity. Yeah, you need the viscosity. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, let's do the warm-up show. Sure. I did that with uh, Peter Schwartz. You did, it's all right.
1: We don't know tomorrow if it'll be Peter Schwartz. It'll be CeeLo. It'll be Jerry. Probably not Billy Jocalone. Well, we don't know. We don't know. These are things that we can't control, Al.
0: We can, exactly. We cannot control it.
1: It depends on how Jerry feels.
0: And it's already been predetermined, and probably.
1: Jerry feels better, mm-hmm. but it's not 100%. He may decide and say, hey, I'm going to just take this extra day. Perfect. Right. But we don't know this. We don't know yet. And then again, it's all predetermined. It doesn't matter anyway. Mm-hmm. All right. So. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Santana into the windup. The payoff pitch on the way. Swung out and missed. Strike three. He's done it. Johan Santana has pitched a no-hitter. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the Free Odyssey app.
0: Good morning, campers! Al and Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. Oh, hi there, Al
2: Dukes here. Jerry Recco is still ill. Peter Schwartz joins me. Good morning, Peter. Good morning. Billy Jocalone did a nice job yesterday. He did. He uh,
0: uh, he called into. Uh, he was like one day, he was like a third string quarterback. Where two quarterbacks got like the second string was starting for the day because the right. first quarterback was in concussion protocol. That dude went down and he ran in.
2: Right, and neither of the real of the regular emergency quarterbacks were available. They weren't available because right. it happened so fast. Yeah. Or-
0: Jerry just got very ill. Everyone suspects the norovirus. I did check in with Jerry yesterday. He had not thrown up by the afternoon when I checked in, mm-hmm. uh, but still not feeling well.
2: Okay. Well, we hope he feels better.
0: We wish him a speedy recovery. Eddie is here. Yes. Uh, Boomer and Geo are here. Yes. So it's just uh, Jerry is out today. I guess he missed the Rutgers game last night.
2: I have not heard any highlights yet, so I'm assuming he did not. Who's his backup there? Chris Carlin, I believe. I would think so, right? What if Chris
0: Carlin's not available? Then Billy Jock I guess, <laughs> Billy jo- <laughs> runs down, heads over to New Brunswick and does that game.
2: Uh, I don't know who did it. I okay. haven't had highlights.
0: So uh, this would be great for Jerry because he's a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. Mm-hmm. But the Cowboys are bringing back Mike McCarthy. Your thoughts, Peter?
2: I am kind of stunned, really, by it. I honestly thought, you know, looking at Jerry Jones' reaction after the game, there was no way. But I guess for the sake of continuity and the fact that he does win games, I mean, they've won 12 games three years in a row, so you overlook the 1-3 playoff record, uh, and maybe at some point, maybe the blame's not on him, maybe it's on the players, so, they're going to roll it back? They're going to roll it back. I, I Yeah, I'm kind of... I don't like this idea in the NFL where guys get, guys make it to the
0: playoffs or guys win 11, 12 games and then they lose their job. That's so stupid. The, the, the chances... Like, how many teams win... What, the Cowboys win this season? 12 games? 12. Yeah. How, not many teams win 12 games consistently. Yeah. When you lose in the playoffs... I was trying to explain this. Jerry, I don't, I don't know if he was getting it or getting me or I was doing a very poor job of it, but... It's not like you lost a seven-game series. You had one bad game. Mm-hmm. And has it happened multiple years? Yes, but those years are all different. They're not. It's like when they go, uh, the Jets uh, last beat the Raiders
2: in 1922. It means <laughs> nothing. They're different players.
0: You know, it just
2: it doesn't make sense. Well, well, I'm glad to thing, see Mike McCarthy I, I, coming I, I, back. I mean, there's two schools of thought. Number one, you have to have a coach. and You have to have a team. It's good enough to get you to the playoffs. Correct. If you don't get to the playoffs, you have no chance of doing anything. But... Is there is there you know, a certain amount of time that you you have? All right, you get to the playoffs every year, but you don't do anything. You, I I mean, the, like the Atlanta Braves went to the playoffs all those years, won one championship, right? right? Or with you know with, with with that big team. I remember the Yankees won hundred games with Dick Houser in eighty, and they get swept by the Royals in the playoffs. And George goes nuts and the, he fires Dick Houser, and they lost. They got. The Royals got hot. They lost. But you fire the manager that won 100 and something games? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. So, so I'm glad to see it.
0: See him coming back now.
2: And by well, the way, I think Mike McCarthy gets way too much criticism. I mean, the guy, he, he, I know he won a Super Bowl with a really good team in Green Bay, and he just gets all this, like, you know, bad stuff from people all, all over. He's a good coach. He wins. Yeah, it's funny because we'll call Bill Belichick
0: the greatest coach ever. And he's had, he's lost a couple of Super Bowls, right? Three. Three Super Bowls. He had a couple of crappy years when he wouldn't have Tom Brady. So a lot of things go into, you can't just be a great coach. You could, Like if you're the greatest coach ever and you go to a crap team, you're not winning games.
2: You know what I mean? Like so. Well, I mean, listen, I think if you're a really good coach, like Bill Parcells went to the Jets. After they were one and fifteen and three and thirteen, and they almost got into the playoffs at nine and seven. So, a coach can make a difference, but in this case, he gets so much flack from people. Listen, I'd like to have twelve wins in a row, three years. Me in a row. too. There we say, as you said before, just get in the playoffs. Who knows what could happen? You never know. So, I'm shocked he's back, but I think it was probably the right thing to do.
0: I agree. Now, Bomani Jones came out. He was on the Rich Eisen show. You know, Bomani Jones from uh, ESPN, I guess. I think he had a show on Max or HBO, which was terrible. It got like zero, (laughs) had zero viewers or something insane. Anyway, he says that he thinks cowboy fans don't like Mike McCarthy because he's fat. (laughs) This is what he said. Quote, the world's a little bit skeptical of our Portly brothers. This is not a small part of the discussion. People don't treat them right. You know I'm not lying about this. The double extra large is not helping his case in terms of the skepticism people
2: feel about him. Um, Don't we I'm love g- fat coaches? Well, as someone who is fat, yes, yeah. absolutely. For coaches. We, right. We I like a fat coach. Rex Ryan was a great coach for the Jets and got them to back-to-back championship right. games when he was overweight. Correct. Then he had the surgery, and he lost the weight, and then the Jets never made the playoffs again. Exactly, Peter. And from the Cowboys' perspective, I mean, was Jimmy Johnson a toothpick? No, but he wasn't fat. He wasn't fat, but he wasn't a toothpick. I mean, I I don't I don't get that. Now I'll take in a quick glance here. Bill Belichick, fat. Correct. Wins. Wins. Andy Reid, fat. Wins. And, who else and we know he fat. likes those cheeseburgers and french fries. Yeah.
0: Like, My point is, like, it, fat people may be treated poorly in society, mm-hmm. but as NFL head coaches, we love a fat head coach. Of course. Who was that dude on the Cleveland Browns coach who was on uh, Hard Knocks, with the Big Belly? What was his name, Wiley or something?
2: Huh? Oh, I remember Rex Ryan's brother coached for the Browns. Back ah, there you go. Yeah. What about... Uh, what was Rex expectation? Uh, John Madden was fat. Fat. Thank
0: you, Peter. May he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. Yes, absolutely. Brian Dayball, not slim. Yeah. and he, One we good like year, him. one bad year. Well, we like him. Yeah. I'm glancing down at these other... Now, you know what the problem is? Is Well, Todd Ball's chubby. Bruce Arians,
2: fat. Yeah. But they've won. They've won. That's well, what Todd I'm saying. Todd about... didn't win with the Jets, but...
0: You know what the problem is? There's a lot of, like... Super slim, young coaches like Sean McVay type Mm -hmm. that's throwing people off. But I think we prefer a fatter coach. And here's my reasoning, personally. (laughs) When I see a super thin, muscular head coach, that guy's in the gym too much. You know what I mean? He's paying way too much attention. Doesn't look
2: like they played football.
0: Right. Well, he's paying too much attention to himself. And we know that the job of a head coach is very immersive. You've got to get in there. You're not eating properly. You're eating getting pizza. You're getting sub sandwiches. You're getting fast food because you don't have even time to think about prepping a meal. You know what I'm
2: saying? <laughs> and when you're fit and muscular and Sean McVay type. You wonder how much time they spend actually preparing for a game. Exactly. The Rams bounced again. Mike McDaniel. Thin, but
0: not muscular. No. So he's not fat which is good but like an analytics nerd. Yeah, he's not muscular. I don't like a muscular head coach. It's like having a muscular quarterback. Yeah. You don't it certain positions don't call for muscularity.
2: You see, I would like Rex Ryan back with the Jets, but I want the Rex Ryan fat. of the first 2 years. Yeah. I
0: agree. You got to get that uh rubber band out of his belly. you mm-hmm. You've got to get his uh his facelift put back to where got to put his eyebrows and eyeballs back to where they were. Right. You got to take those super white Chompers out and put back
2: in his. Get that vest back on weather with, the, teeth. with the shirt that didn't fit. Cover you know.
0: Yeah. Andy Reid's doing it right. Snot mustache frozen. Yeah. Large. Even in the commercials he's doing with Patrick Mahomes for State Farm. Yeah. They, we see those nuggies? Yeah. He's in a fast food place. Yeah. Yeah. And then My kind have, of coach. Yeah. That's what we want. So Bomani Jones is incorrect with this one. Yeah, or t- way off base. Way, way off, off base. base. Way off base on this one. I'm looking around. I don't see any. I'm I'm trying to think of other current fat head coaches, but over the years,
2: your more classic coaches were large. Well, if Antonio Pierce retains the Raider job, not that he's fat, but he's he's heavy. Know, he's built. He's heavier. Right.
0: He ain't Mike McDaniel. He's not muscular like. Uh, Sean McVay, mm-hmm. but he ain't Andy Reid. Well, Gerard Mayo now. No, he's still in too he's much fit. good shape. He's, in, he's fit. But let's see. He's going to first-year head coach yep. in New England. Mm-hmm. Going to have a little less let's time see. to lift some weights, <laughs> a little less time to go running, a little less time to be particular about the food you're going to be sucking down. Did you like the Gerard Mayo uh, press conference? Did you I, watch any of I,
2: I've I've only heard a little bit of the clips. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to watch the whole thing. But he sounds like he's got his head on straight, knows he's got big shoes to fill. But the one thing he did say, all well, he's not Bill Belichick. Like, people should not, even though he learned under him, should not expect him to be Bill Belichick.
0: Yeah, I don't think anyone was was thinking Gerard Mayo was going to be the next Bill Belichick. Yeah. Now, yeah. I, I, I hope he keeps the Belichick sons around. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Well, they well because pops didn't get a new job yet. What you got to do is you say, "Oh yeah, no, I'm going to stick around." You don't sign a contract. Like keep pushing that off. Right. Like, don't. But they may want,
2: They may finally want to get out of his father, their father's shadow. That's what Jerry And work said. for something else. Work. I would. To work for someone else.
0: Yeah, but it's not like Bill Belichick's going to fire his sons. You know what I mean, Mayer, No, they, they just may you. say,
2: you know what, Dad, thanks for everything. We're going to try and do this on our own here. And he'll go, good, yeah. luck. good luck with that. <laughs> my That's father, nice. may rest in peace, wanted me to go work for him, and I refused. What was that uh, business? My dad was in the uh, liquor business. He was a salesperson, and he was in the same company with my uncle, and they wanted me to come work for them after I was done with college. And I said, no, no, thank you. I'm going to pursue my career in broadcasting. Wow. You guys go ahead and. Do what you do.
0: What would they do? Go around and uh, they each had, like, accounts, like, different they bars had accounts, and restaurants. They would
2: go to different restaurants and stuff. They would have some office time and go to these tra- – I would always go to these trade shows. Like, they would do these shows and go help them out with things like that. But as far as, like, devoting my entire life to it, no. I wasn't – You were no not interest, interested. Not interested whatsoever.
0: Yeah, I wanted to be in broadcasting as well and – Things weren't going well in the very beginning, mainly because I wasn't yeah. applying myself. Mm-hmm. And my dad worked at Newark Airport for Delta for like thirty-five years or something. He came home one day with a job application from U.S. Air to give me. Uh-huh. He goes, "Fill this out." I was like, "Oh, oh,
2: <laughs> I better get <laughs> moving." <laughs> it's funny because uh, I had a I had a teacher in high school. I loved social studies, loved history, and everything. I mean, it was a great teacher till this day. My favorite teacher. And I um, had great sports conversations with him in class and in the hallway and everything. So finally, my senior year of high school, I had selected I was going to go to Buffalo State. And he stops me in the hallway one day and says, um, hey, uh, have you decided where you're going? And I said, yeah, I'm going to go to Buffalo State. I'm going to major in broadcasting. And you would have thought, like, he lost, like, a family member. Like, he sulked his head and said, Peter, you know, um, I-, I think you're making a huge mistake. A huge mistake. Like, you know, my, my daughter... Uh, tried to do this, and she was just an, an absolute failure at it, and I really like you and respect you. I think you're a good student and a good guy, and I, I really think, and you should go talk to your parents about this, but I think you should change your mind and major in something else. And, and, and I'm like in my mind, I'm like, what is this guy telling me? Like, this is something I wanted to do since I was a little kid. So I'm like, no, I'm going to go into broadcasting. There we go. And we'll that's be- where
0: you went, Buffalo State? Buffalo State. Why would you want to go to Buffalo? It sounds like a nightmare. It's, I loved it, just, it up there.
2: Looks like it's gonna, It's still snowing all this week in yeah, Buffalo. Yeah, I went people through that. Nuts. I went through that. It's all right. It's a beautiful city. Love it. Nice people. Are you Enjoyed most, my four years up there. Are you the most well-known
0: broadcaster to come out of Buffalo State? Did you look at alumni before you went?
2: I get the alumni newsletter you do. every, like, quarterly. Are you um, in it? I was in it once. Nice. Um there were some significant broadcasters that not necessarily came out of that are still like in Buffalo, but I, from as far as like people that from out of Buffalo, maybe yeah. I am. Buffalo I might broadcasters. Be. Yeah. They stayed local. They stayed they like, local. Yeah, Buffalo people stayed local.
0: Yeah, like it happens like if you go to school at the University of Miami, you go, boy, this is a beautiful town. I'm yeah. going to stay here. Same happens in Buffalo. They go, whoa, this, I love the idea of shoveling nine feet of snow every day. I'm, gonna, <laughs> it, I'm just going to stick uh, it out here. I'm used to
2: it. It's, they, they, people are so nice up there. I actually almost, I almost took a job in between my junior and senior year because I was interning for the AAA baseball team up there, the Bisons, And they offered me a job to stay up there that summer and do, like, various things, PR and broadcasting and stuff. And um, I was also offered an internship at this place called WFAN. Oh, nice. (laughs) You did that instead. I took that instead. Uh, The person who wound up taking that job got hired full-time by the baseball team. But no regrets. Everything worked out.
0: Okay, good. I was – I actually got a job offer As program director at WGR in Buffalo. Really? This is in 2003, I believe. Okay. And I accepted Familiar with that station. I accepted the job. You did? Uh Uh-huh. And then I uh, came back home and I was, you know, preparing things. And a friend of mine who works for this company called me and said, you realize that on a Saturday morning you're waking up in Buffalo. I was like, oh, man. Yeah. Maybe I don't want to do that. And then I called them and told them I didn't want it. Uh Uh-huh. I said, sure. You know what my game plan was back then? This is 2003. Uh Uh-huh. This is what I sold them on. No sports updates. No guests. Like, And they loved it. They're like, yes. Yes, we don't Uh need these things. I forget what else, but they liked it. They Uh bought it hook, line, and sinker.
2: How do you think your life would have changed if you had taken that job?
0: Uh, mm, That's a great question. <laughs> I will tell you this. What do you think that job paid in 2003? Program, Program director, director Buffalo. Because w- they sent me
2: a contract. I am going to say. Like running WGR Buffalo. I'm going to say $43,000. Exactly. Really? Legitimately, $43,000. Wow, I got that right on the nose. It's unbelievable. See, you almost had the- I almost went to Buffalo for $43,000. You almost had that important job experience that, you know, in case there was ever a program director job opening up somewhere else, you could have applied for it.
0: Well, listen, that's a tough job. That job Spike has is a very tough job. Uh huh. I want no part of that.
2: You like what you're doing right now?
0: Yeah, it's just that job is never ends. You know what I mean? Like Spike's got to constantly be going you know him and turn off these that you, you, your entire life is listening to this radio station. Plus I'd want to make every show 2 hours I, long.
2: I couldn't believe the first shift they ever did for the fan. Yeah. In 2009. Um, I was doing an overnight, a Saturday night into Sunday. And uh the next morning I go home, I took a nap, got up, and I, I had a, a text from Chernoff. Sounded good, nice job. Welcome aboard. And I'm like, You were listening? <laughs> In the middle of a night, yeah. Saturday into Sunday. Oh yeah, he was like crazy.
0: <laughs> These guys get crazy. You have to. Are you responsible? Twenty four yeah. seven. All right, Peter, let's take a very quick break here. When we come back, I've got some more uh, NFL notes I'd love to
2: share with you. You've got do a- I have to do this Sports Minute thing here? No, that's, that's uh, uh, later on.
0: We do that at uh, at the very end, actually. Okay, okay. So, yeah, you hang tight there, Peter. Okay. But-
1: it's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this.
0: Adidas. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. Welcome back to the warm-up program. My name's Al Dukes. Uh, Jerry is ill. I got Peter Schwartz with me today. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, sir. Mm-hmm. You'll be on updates today, yes. I, uh, I expect to be, yes. Boomer and Geo show, okay. They'll, uh, if I decide
2: guys... to take one hour off, you can always have Billy alone come in and yep. do
0: one. You can come right in there, Peter. Take a right over I'll write it for him.
2: You'll write <laughs> it for him? Yeah. Okay.
0: That's good enough. Get your uh, get you. I know you have a team of writers out there in the newsroom, Peter. (laughs) About preparing your um, uh, preparing your what do you call those uh, ad
2: libs? Ad libs, yeah. Preparing your ad libs out there.
0: What do you think of this, Peter? Mark Chamora, you remember him? He was a tight end with the Packers. Yes, Mark Chamora. That wasn't the guy with the that was in the hot tub with the babysitter, is it? I don't remember. There was a Packer tight end. That it no, it wasn't Bubba Franks. I think it was Mark Chamura. Just yeah. Google it. I am going to Google it. Mark. And Chamura is spelled weird. C-H-M, C-H-I-U? No, C-H-M. M? Chamura. Mark Chamura. You know what comes right up? I type in into <laughs> I type into Google, Mark Chamura, and it wants to finish it by writing babysitter. Babysitter. So, yeah, there you go. It. So you were correct. There you go. Uh-huh. He was acquitted. Uh, Mark Chamora, but, yeah, he was uh, tied to some weird, like, he was in a hot tub with his babysitter. It was some bizarre story I remember from, like, the 90s. Anyway, he's now a host in Milwaukee, radio host. Radio host, okay. Yep, he's a radio shack jack. And this is what he said in uh, on his radio program in Milwaukee about the upcoming upcoming game between the Packers and the San Francisco 49ers. You guys are going to think I'm crazy. A 15-yard penalty, and I don't condone this, but but I kind of do in the playoffs. A 15-yard penalty for a late hit on Brock Purdy is not a bad thing. Oh, God. I'm with him on this one. This is the playoffs. <laughs> you got to knock that quarterback out. You got to do whatever you can. Regular season,
2: I'm not for this. Yeah, but I would see now normally I would. Say, no, that's not the right thing to do. Yeah. But maybe you, maybe what you do there is yeah. maybe you bring one of the reserve defensive Correct. linemen into the game. Like, you don't have the regular guy do it. Right. You have the reserve guy yeah. do it. Because if you're going to get somebody risking somebody getting thrown out of yeah. the game, have one of the scrubs do it. Exactly. But the, the problem is the scrub's not going to get to the quarterback, or he wouldn't be a scrub. You know what I'm saying, Peter? Well, If no. he could get to the quarterback. But if it's, a, if, if it's late enough, like, you know, like once – Play is kind of like calm down a little bit, and then you can get to the quarterback. Do you remember that very egregious late
0: hit? Or egregious? Egregious, yeah. That, like, very bad. Egregious. Yeah, egregious. Uh, it was a game when Jim McMahon was still quarterbacking the Bears, and they were Jim playing McMahon. the Packers. Yeah. And Jim McMahon threw the ball, and a, and a and a dude from the Packers came over, wrapped him, put him in a bear hug, picked him up, and slammed him to the ground. Like a
2: WWF, yeah. I thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was a late hit, but I'm not saying that, but you got to, this is the playoffs. You want to send a message. Your only shot, if you're the Packers, is you got to knock Brock Purdy out of the game. Just like, but then you know what? If they're hearing about this from Mr. Mark Chamura, the Niners do the same thing. You got to get the quarterbacks out of these games. Get Jordan Love out of there. Who said that, that you got to knock the quarterback? You got to, uh, it was like, uh,
2: was that Al Davis? But- well, Buddy Ryan was the one who put a bounty on. Remember when he was the Eagles coach, or he was the Bears assistant coach? He put a bounty he, as well. He supposedly told you know, he put a bounty on players on the other on the well, other team. Well,
0: there was that dude on the uh, Saints. Remember the the Saints? Uh, oh yeah, that yeah. that guy who ended up. But I think Buddy Ryan was
2: oh, was was open yeah. about it back then when you could be open about it. Yeah,
0: yeah, you got to you got to. Uh, I'm with Mark Zimmer on this one. You got to send. You got to work. You got to work the shoulder. You got to work the elbow. You got to work the hand. You got to give him an extra noogie when he's down there. When <laughs> I
2: when I worked in arena football, uh, coach of the dragons, the dragons told me told me after a game that because uh, he had come from a different team and the owner was very open about you know cause knock those guys out of the game. Yeah, and they would always give cash incentives. Wow. to players for you know a late hit or yes. a sack or whatever it was. And so when this guy came to coach the Dragons, and where the Dragons were owned by the Islanders owner at the time, Charles Wong, he wanted anything to do with it. Nothing. Like, no, that's not the way we operate here. So the coaches took it upon themselves to offer cash out of their pockets to nice. players for For big hits. A quarterback sack got something, late hit, um, you know, just hard hits, whatever it was, it was a it was a system set up and they would just take cash out of their pocket and hand it to the player after the game. There's a famous, I think it was, uh,
0: Eddie, do you recall, was it Al Davis who was like the quarterback must go down?
1: Yeah, the other team's quarterback must go down. and they must go down hard. <laughs> That's it.
2: <laughs> must go down. Must go down hard. Yeah, Al Davis. Man. You think see. Mark Davis subscribes to that too? Uh, yes. Or does he, does he not know what's going on? Mark Davis? Yeah. Eddie, can you
0: pop me up here? I want to hear this
1: is Al Davis. I think you've got music going on. All right, hold on. (laughs) You're
0: ruining my NFL film this moment. But fear,
2: and I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the
0: other team's quarterback must go down, (laughs) and he must go down hard. Exactly. There you go. That's Mark Chamora. He's our he's
2: our modern day Al and, Davis. And you agree with him in the playoffs? I think, the quarterback listen, must go down. I Peter, think I think you have to send a message. Yes. Now, I don't know if I would go roughing the quarterback ten seconds after the whistle blows, but mm-hmm. you want to send a message? Yeah. A clear message. A clear message, like Al Davis said. Remember, they tried you to know send Brock, them. Brock Purdy's got a little injury history from sure last does. year, so
0: now. They tried that on Eli Manning when he went to San Francisco. Didn't work. That guy was unkillable, as Brandon (laughs) Eternity used to say about the Jets. (laughs) They could not bring down. You know why they couldn't bring down Eli Manning? Lanky, Mm -hmm. not muscular, not wound tight. You ever watch that show, Jackass?
2: Yes. Oh, yeah.
0: So those guys fall all the time. They're punishing their bodies. They say the biggest thing is you've got to be loose even when you know an impact is coming. Because while you get hurt as your body tightens up, boom, quarterback goes down hard, he's all tightened up, it hurts. That's why when sometimes these drunk drivers get Mm -hmm. into these accidents and they survive with no injuries because
2: they're out of it. Yeah. They're loose. I think my favorite episode of Jackass was when, I forgot who it was on the show, goes into like a – a bathroom supply place that might have been in the movie may not have been on the show may all right in the movie oh yeah Is
0: in the he movie. goes in
2: and he sits down on the toilet and takes a crap on a on a toilet in, in the store that's on display drops his pants sits yeah. down on the toilet and takes a crap while people are walking around shopping in the store yeah
0: that's that'd be different <laughs> that <was my> <laughs> that's your favorite one
2: <laughs> if you were to rank
0: them yeah that would be up there for you favorite yeah. jackass moments okay yeah. fair enough <laughs> So we'll see if this happens now. Do you think the refs are going to have to be on the lookout for this now that uh, the man who speaks for the Packers, Mark Chimura, <laughs> him and do they, his babysitter? Do they have
2: to pay attention to a radio talk show host? Well,
0: well, it was him and the babysitter. Both of them said the quarterback must
2: go down and mm. must go down hard. So I think that's multiple people yeah, I don't people think the now. referees have to. I just think they have enough on their plate they just do. to worry about calling a game correctly, which is difficult these days.
0: Right. We've got so soft, Peter, with the quarterbacks. Quarterback must go down, and then he must go down hard.
2: By the way, and Jordan Love, you're not knocking down. You, you he throws think off. there was ever a, a bounty on Boomer? Like, do you think like yes. there was ever, You think so? Absolutely.
0: I do. I'm trying to think the team. You know who used to treat Boomer poorly?
2: The Houston Oilers. Mm. I uh, remember they that would, last game of the season in 93.
0: They would throw him down on that, that turf in uh in the Astronome. That uh, uh, Randall fellow who played for the Vikings, he was a punk, too. Yeah. As far as, like, trying to he, – he got Boomer down trying to twist his ankle, which I also recommend if you're trying to get a quarterback out of the game. Right, because a, a quarterback needs both ankles. Correct. Yeah. But Jordan Love throws off his back foot. You ain't getting him. No. Because right when you go to dive for him, back foot, whoosh, toss, that quarterback ain't going down, Peter. Brock Purdy, he's a hang-in-the-pocket kind of guy. Quarterback must go down, and all of a sudden you got Sam Darnold out there. Seeing God, ghosts. Pa- seeing ghosts. You got to like the Packers' yeah. chances then. By the way, they were um, 15 fans, Peter. 15 people taken to the hospital from the Dolphins-Chiefs game. That really cold game. Yeah. First of all, that place probably holds what? 50,000 people? 70,000? Oh, like 70. 70. Yeah. yeah. Only 15 people went to the hospital? That's barely. I wouldn't even report on that.
2: Would you it's sit out at that number? game? If you no. were dressed warm enough? No, No.
0: It's on television.
2: <laughs> well, streaming.
0: How many, how many, how many, how much does, what is the capacity for our Arrowhead?
2: Uh, it's got to be around 70, I would think. 70, 70 76,416.
0: 76, 76, and only 15 people went to the hospital. That is impressive. Now, people went for frostbite, Peter. People went for, what was the other reason? Uh, hypothermia, mm-hmm. frostbite. And they survived.
2: They yeah. had no deaths. So I think if you dress warm enough and yeah. you cover up, wouldn't be so bad. Or you watch at home. Like I don't know why people need to go to games. Like you love to go to games. I love to. Oh, I'm this care.
0: makes no sense.
2: I I went, <laughs> I went with Bradley to the Islander Ranger game at Yankee Stadium what? in twenty fourteen well, well, in twenty fourteen, yeah. and it was uh the tickets were a gift from my mother for Hanukkah, so I took. Bradley to the game, and it that was the that was a Wednesday night, and it was freezing, very <laughs> I mean, chilly. It was brutally cold, and my mother lives in Florida, and she was watching the game on NBC. So the second period is over, and what we did in between periods is went into the Yankee store to warm up. We um, was just like walking around because they were kicking people out just for standing around. Because they, they are, knew you were in there so, for the well, no, I said to my son, I said, just keep picking something up. Look at it. <laughs> show it to me. Like, you know, like pretend we're shopping. Good because idea. Because we're in there because you you, you got to kill 20 minutes. And um, so we're after the second period walking around and I get a call to my, my wife. And she's like, you have to call your mother. She's she's livid. I said, what's the matter? Because she, she wants you guys to go home. It's one one after the second period. So I call my mother up, like, what's the matter? I'm watching the game, and you guys suckered me into buying these tickets for you. I'm never doing this again. I want you to take my grandson home right now. Because of the weather. Of oh, the weather. She saw the smoke coming out of the players' mouths mm. on television. So I put Bradley on the phone and said, Grandma wants us to go home. And and now an argument with Bradley and my, my mother on the phone, oh, Grandma! Do you realize it's one-one going to the third period? We're not going anywhere, and we didn't. Stayed. He stayed strong. Yeah, absolutely. So I, w- I you know what? If I lived in Kansas City mm-hmm. and I had access to tickets, you'd go. I think I would go. <sighs> Man, I went to some really cold games when I was in college in Buffalo. Right, you were in Buffalo. I went to some really, really cold games.
0: I would never do such a thing, Peter. Yeah, Peter, we come toughen back- up, Al. When we come back, let's talk. I've got a uh, a Mets situation I'd love to talk to you about. Classic Mets. Classic Mets. Not current Mets. 80s Mets. 1980s Mets. Yeah. This is the best Mets (laughs) ever. Great friends, great tequila. Casamigos tequila brought to you by those who drink it. Make sure you have plenty on hand this weekend. Casamigos tequila reminds our friends to celebrate responsibly.
1: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever.
0: name that tune Peter Schwartz it's
2: your, it's your favorite dude well, this is Billy Joel uh,
1: Los Angelinos Los Angelinos oh yeah off the Street Life Serenade yeah. yeah I think side so, one track one I
0: think track two actually Street I'm Life Serenade i kind of that I didn't, didn't recognize him. this is track one yep it's embarrassing Very embarrassing, Peter. You're the Billy Joel. You love Billy Joel. Deep cuts and everything.
2: I don't know why I drew a blank on that. This is a great song. It sure is. He did not play it New Year's Eve at UBS Arena. He should do a tour
0: where he plays just uh, like no hits. Album tracks. Yeah, album
1: tracks. Come on. Stop in Nevada off a piano. Oh, I like that
0: song. Come on. Tom Petty did that one year. He, he went did. on tour and he played. I forget what he called it, but he played no hits
2: until the night. Billy Joel can play until the night.
0: Uh, I'm not aware of that one, but yeah, that's uh, a good sure. one too. Yeah. yeah, I like it. I like that. I like that idea. A guy like Tom Petty,
2: uh, Bruce Springsteen, a uh, Billy Joel
0: play some deep cuts, man. Yeah. Hey, man.
2: I'm really angry at myself. What happened? I, I didn't. I didn't recognize Los Angeles. Oh. Yeah, you should I'm, be. I'm just gonna go off in a corner after the show and. Sulk,
0: sulk. Okay, are you a? uh, Do you vote in the presidential election? I do. Do you think we're getting Trump versus Biden? Oh, I don't discuss politics. No, I'm saying, do you think think that's going to be like? Do you think that's going to be our
2: options? Um, I kind of feel like that. Kind of feel like that's where we're heading, right? Yeah, that's what it seems like. That's weird. And again, I don't usually discuss politics, Mm -hmm. but I think it's like you would think over the course of a four year period. One of these politicians around the country, whether it's Democrat or Republican, yeah. I mean, I don't care what anybody. People can choose to vote whoever they want to vote for. I don't, I don't judge anybody by it. I do, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't. But you would think like some candidate would emerge on yeah. on either side that would, you know, captivate, you know, capture the imagination of, of a whole country.
0: Yeah, we need like a forty-year-old.
2: We need a forty-year-old
0: person willing to do the job. It's all old dudes. We need a
2: forty-year-old. I mean, Let's like, go. And like the younger people, you see them on TV. Like yeah. The younger politicians, and they're just they're they're as clueless as, as you can find. It just like, where's the next great American president? The hmm. next great American politician. Is it me? We don't know. People. I don't know. Should I do it? Thought maybe for a while we'd get Jesse the Body Ventura. See, he's a wacko. You don't want him either. <laughs> you got, um, got... what's his name, too? Uh, Kane is uh, mayor of um, some town. in in Kentucky. Kentucky or Texas. Glenn Jacobs is Kane's real name? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Kane the wrestler. Yeah. We need more wrestlers. I'm with that, Peter. I'd vote for, like, if Magnificent Morocco wanted to run for president. He's older Uh, now, but I would probably vote for him. Don Morocco. Yeah, Don Morocco. I'd probably vote for him. You don't. What if we had a masked president? Like a masked wrestler, we don't know who it is. And then the other world leaders are trying to unmask him at different. Like events. Rey Mysterio. Well, we would yeah, like a Rey Mysterio type, but he's shorter. He's small. Yeah. You know, he's a smaller,
2: lighter wrestler. We need a larger guy with the, the rock, wrestling mask. The Rock has been talked about as being a potential presidential yeah, candidate silly. somewhere down the road. That seems silly.
0: We can't have a, a president on steroids. Our presidents have to be like our quarterback. Do you smell lanky. what the president is cooking. <laughs> Although it would intimidate some of these other. What world. about Hulk Hogan? Hulk Hogan he could barely walk now because yeah. of all his back he surgeries. He saved somebody's life the other day. Didn't I he? know, but you need a strong person walking up to the podium. You know what I mean? Like Hulk Hogan's limping to the podium, brother. Yeah. He's like, listen to me. South Korea is it North Korea <laughs> or South Korea? That's trouble. North Korea. Listen Let me tell me. you something, brother. Let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> We're gonna sanction your country. We're gonna put sanctions on you, <laughs> brother. Good news for 1980s Mets baseball fans yeah. like myself, Peter. The Mets have announced dates to retire both Dwight Gooden and Daryl Strawberry's numbers. Uh, these seem like uh, games you'd be all into going to. You mm-hmm. love going to games. Yeah. Uh, April 14th, Doc Gooden, his number 16, will be retired. And on June 1st, Mr. Daryl Strawberry's number 18 will be retired.
2: I can see the Schwartz family going to the June 1st Daryl Strawberry game. Yeah. Because June 2nd is Jared's birthday. Oh, that's nice. And that seems like that would be a really good birthday present for him. Wouldn't you think so? Absolutely. I hope they pack out the stadium for both of these. We went to Keith Hernandez day. Oh, you did? Was it, like, packed? Oh, yeah. And we wound up sitting, and this would be a hint for anybody, don't be afraid if you go to one of these retirement games, we sat in the upper deck in left field. That was the best place to sit for the retirement because you look just up over your shoulder and the number is getting unveiled right behind you.
0: Ooh, so that's what you got to do is look so, to
2: see where the other numbers are. Well, there, where our, there's space. Upper deck, left field. So, like when, when the tickets went on sale, like by the time we got to it, upper deck, left field, and i are like, oh, upper deck, which by the way, the upper deck at City Field is really good. I like sitting in the upper deck there. But you think on the surface oh you got terrible seats you know you're in the upper deck and left field for the ceremony it was great because you turn around and you were right there where the number was getting unveiled right so at the number that's where i would want to sit again okay
0: i saw they did uh, like a press conference yesterday or they met the media
2: like a zoom yeah
0: yes yeah, a yeah. zoom situation Daryl strawberry seems very um regretful of his what he did to his career with the drugs and alcohol and then even leaving the Mets. He had a uh, message for Pete Alonzo that he shouldn't leave the Mets because mm-hmm. when uh, Strawberry left, uh, that things kind of went south on him. But
2: then he wound up winning um, three championships with the Yankees. Yeah, that's weird, though. He's still, you know, I, I do not think of Darryl Strawberry as a Yankee. No, I think of him as a Met. That's I mean, like- I think of him even... As a Dodger before – because he, then he ended yeah. up spending a few years with the Dodgers yes. after he left the Mets. But um, you know my lasting memory of him as a Yankee? My, my, my forever me- memory will be his role in that brawl yeah. between the Yankees and the Orioles. I agree. He was right, – him and Graham Lloyd were right in the middle, like wailing guys on the Orioles during that Those fight. Those are two big dudes. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Daryl Strawberry for, for, to run for president. Yeah. No, that's
0: a guy that I'd be intimidated by. He's stepping up to the podium.
2: Yeah, I'm I, even i I'm not, as a, I'm not a Mets fan, but I, I, I was angry when Strawberry left the Mets. Like, that's like, I like it when guys spend their career with Me the too. team that they started with. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he was saying uh, that he hopes, this was him, uh, Strawberry on Pete Alonso. I just hope Pete doesn't leave because I ended up personally with a belly full of regrets for leaving because there's nothing like playing in New York. Sad.
2: But they wanted to go home. Yeah. They wanted to go home to California.
0: And they talked about, you know, how wild it was to be 20, 21 years old, playing for the Mets, running around Manhattan, getting everything handed to you. You know, it was a wild time, Peter. Mm-hmm. If only you could have run around with the Mets back then.
2: Oh, the life you would have been leading. <laughs> yeah, Seth, the but, whole but do, you, do you think, do you think, now, I understand why they're retiring both numbers yeah. and i and I think at the end of the day if you know push comes to shove, it's probably the right decision but do you think there's a a minimum number of years that you should spend with a team to get your number retired generally I do yeah but I think though i I think there's sometimes circumstances where you can overlook that yeah now, I'll say this I have no problem with the Mets retiring gooden and strawberry because they meant such a great deal to the fan bases they were so beloved right there's one number that the yankees retired that still bothers me to this day Who's it's that? reggie jackson he was only a yankee for 5 years yeah but he's reggie and jackson he two, he's got a candy bar yeah part. but it's just like and then he left um after 5 years like i always like, it always bothers me like going to monument park and seeing that retired number there like he only played 5 years for yep. them that's true. Peter. And, and, and they talk about him as being one of the all time great Yankees. And, like, I don't think he was one of the all time great Yankees. I, just, it just annoys me. Eddie's yelling us to hit the uh, sports. All right, let's minute. do that. This Odyssey Sports Minute brought to you by Jackpot. Order official state lottery games on your phone. Amy Lawrence talks about Mike McCarthy staying with the Dallas Cowboys.
0: It's the dynamic duo of Alan Jerry. The superheroes of WFAN. Oh, we got another moment or so with Peter Schwartz. Jerry's out sick today. He, um, we think he has norovirus, but ah! he's, he did not throw up. <laughs> well, I, checked I checked in with him. I checked in with him yesterday, and uh, I just did the old text. How are you feeling? Mm-hmm. That's easy to do, Peter. It is. And is. You're not committing to a phone call. How you call. doing? How yeah. you doing? Eh, because
2: wrong. then the phone call can get a little awkward. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like a phone call we're just Do talking about. Do you think I need illness. to be on standby tomorrow morning again?
0: Um, I think we'll know that uh, by yeah. later today. Okay. I think when Jerry wakes up, uh, he's feeling better. Uh, then he'll Or he'll say, you know what, it's Friday. Why would I risk rolling in here, getting somebody else sick, feeling more sick myself, making an extra long weekend. Uh-huh. He's got a Rutgers game Sunday is their next game.
2: You probably should Peter.
0: just recharge the battery. Uh, recharge the battery. That's what I think. By the way, Howard Eskin, who you might know as Spike Eskin's father.
2: Yes, I've met him.
0: Uh, he said that Jeff Lurie, not a fan of Bill, as he said, Belichick. So any of these Eagle fans who think Bill Belichick is going to come walking through that door after they kick Nick Sirianni out, incorrect.
2: I still think he's going to the Chargers. Belichick? Yeah. Yeah.
0: What about Jim Harbaugh? He's going to the Chargers. What about this? Both to the Chargers, Peter. Both of them. That'd be quite a staff. Send them right there. Well, you got to build a staff if you want to win, Peter. We know that.
2: They can't have Mike McCarthy now.
0: So if he goes to the Chargers, where does Jim Harbaugh go? Falcons. That seems like such a weird falcon.
1: WFAN. WFAN FM. WFAN FM HD1. New York. Always live on the free Odyssey app.